Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Talk is Sheep podcast. I am your host, Brett Nobles. This is episode six, coming at you. What's up, everybody? I am your host, Brett Nobles. Uh, episode six, coming to you live from Lot Road Church with Pastor Jared Stanford. What's up, dude? What's up? I am. Uh, I'm excited for this episode. Um, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for allowing me to uh, pick your brain, to ask you some some hard hitting questions, and to uh, just chop it up with you here on the Talk Is Sheet podcast. Um, how long have you been here at Lot Road? The end of February will be two and a half years. Two so. and a half years. Yeah. There's a lot of parallels there with you and Pastor RJ. I know y'all kind of come in same time to uh, lead Pastor Roll and uh, COVID. COVID hit, so you know COVID kind of threw some monkey wrench into people's plans. That's a little bit different for everybody. Um, what's your thoughts on COVID? Well, that, when people ask me that question, <laughs> so I actually come into pastoring right in the middle of it. So I'm like, I don't know how to pastor outside of it. So for, for me, you know, uh, when we come into it, there was a hungerness in this church for people to get back in the building. So come we on. actually seen growth yep. through the whole time. So I can't say as far as a pastoral standpoint, pastoral standpoint that it was bad. So I always seen was good out of it. So outside of COVID, I don't know how to pastor. Hey, I hope we never go through anything like it yeah. again. Um, I feel sorry for those that lost loved ones. I feel sorry for those who were affected. I do believe there's a lot more political issue. There's a lot more out there to the topic. Um, I know for myself, lockdown was odd. Like being at home, only being allowed at work so many days a week. Um, But I had a lot of personal growth, right? That was my realization to redevote everything to Christ. Um, Sitting at home, watching church on TV was not cutting it. Like, this is not it for me. There's, there, no, this is not it. And uh, that was one of those moments, turning points for me. So, a lot bad, but to me, there was also good. Hearing what you just said, all I heard was good, right? The church, people were hungry to get back in the building. Um, I think there's a negative in that because getting back in the building, people forget to get back outside. Like, the church is not the walls, right? The whole adage of that. You think that's probably a stigma in the church today? Everybody's so comfortable back inside the four walls that now it's like, how do we go back out there? Yeah, the the stigma, I think, always in church is getting back comfortable and complacent. Yeah, complacency, man. No matter what you come through, there's going to be a time if if you're not constantly moving. Uh, Pastor Dick Braswell said this a couple weeks ago when he preached here. You know, change is something that has to happen constant. Yes. The moment you quit changing is the moment you get complacent in that. Come on. uh, so, you know, that's the biggest thing I think for any church is even if you come through a great, you know, uh, a great Sunday morning service, a, a revival, you know, is not getting complacent in what you just went through because you have to constantly keep going. Complacency kills, man. I'm a, I'm a safety man in a chemical plant and, you know, safety, everybody loves the word complacency. Um, and as I grew in my profession, I started thinking about church, started thinking about like my, my walk with Christ, uh, thinking about others' walk, right? And what you just said, complacency, right? We've got to all be able to adapt, to grow, and to show. Um, and growing pains suck. Mm-hmm. Like I remember as a kid, growing pains was like, mom's like, oh, your knee hurts now, this is growing pain. Suck it That's up. Right. 
Um, no one likes to feel that pain, but it's, it's necessary. And uh, childbirth, uh, you're, you're a father, you got kids. Um, the birthing, you know, obviously we didn't experience that pain, but our wives went through pain to birth something. I know uh, Miss Tere shared a little bit about that uh, this past Sunday um, at church. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited for this episode, excited what's coming to y'all. Get ready. We are back. Uh, Pastor Jared, let's go ahead and start out big, right? Let's go big or go home. Um, what is your belief? Again, Talk is Sheep podcast. This is my belief. This is my guest, Pastor Jared's belief um, on the situation. You have the right to agree and also disagree. Um, that's up to you. What you do with it is up to you. Um, so this is just our space to come on to a platform, media platform, and share our thoughts, right? So don't get offended. If you do, you know, we'll pray for you. You can go cry yourself to sleep. But anyways, uh, disclaimer, throwing it out there. For for me, one of my questions I kind of wanted to throw your way, and uh, before we, we started live, I kind of threw your way because I'd heard some other um, mentors, uh, elder pastors that I know. And here, their ideas in the state of the church. So, for me, what is your belief on the state of the church? And not the church as in Lot Road, not as in the river or whatever church affiliate, but as in church big C, right? This right. kingdom that we're in. What is what is your belief on that, man? Uh, I believe the church is, I mean, the bride, the church will always be the bride of Christ. And... As far as the state it's in right now, I believe we are in that, um, you know, Matthew chapter 24, 25. Uh, I go to the ten virgins, the five wise and five foolish. You know, mm. they, they were all virgins. So yeah. they were all pure, you know. Uh, and I think that's kind of where, if asking me, I think that's where we kind of are. You know, the, the church as a whole, the, all ten of them went to sleep. I think we have had a... Uh, a period where we've all been asleep, to be honest yeah. with you, because we can go back to 20 years ago where you had more, you could say outpourings, more, you know, you had your Brownsville, you had all these other things that's going on also, and, and locally you had a lot, but it just seems like in the last few 20 years, just I, I throw the word dried up away. a little it, bit. Yeah, right? it's kind of, yeah, dried up a little bit. Okay. So, not to say that. You know, the infiltration is something that called this church to be impure, but it is something that caused the church to go to sleep. I, I agree with that, man. And so I believe we are in a state as the church as a whole as half. I mean, if we take this parable that Jesus spoke, half of them just half wakes up. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So I believe we are at that point where half of the church is waking up to a different mindset of the bride, a different mindset of seeking him, uh, being kingdom more oriented and minded. I've seen that over the past, you know, since we've been here. Oh, I can I can speak to that. I mean, just you and Pastor RJ and Pastor Leon with the kingdom mindset, um, going back to episode one with Terry, with church gangs. Like, that was, to me, unheard of, going to this, uh, to Bold Venture, right? And you pull up and there's multiple denominations. And to me, I'm thinking, oh, this is kingdom, right? Cause, but I know Terry's like, man, this is church gangs. Like, I ain't ever been able to a social, you know, 
socialize with other people from different churches all together in this one setting. It's like, you know, well, that's kingdom, right? That's kingdom business. That's, you know, going to the major and the major, minor and the minors, going back to when, uh, what Brandon said, episode um, three, four, whatever that was. Um, so, yeah, man, awesome. I think I, I agree wholeheartedly uh, for myself, um, 31 years old. I've been in church my entire life. And going back, you know, when I was 10, I agree. I, I remember seeing more going on. Uh-huh. I mean, and you would think with social media, we should be able to reach out, let people know what's going on in our church. But I feel like I miss more now going on in the church, maybe because I'm busier, maybe because I'm an adult and got kids. But overall, like, are we missing a disconnect with the outside world? Are we on our own little bubbles? Or Like, for myself, I go to church around the corner. Am I only associated and, and filling myself in with what's going on at the river? Like I, like, I know what y'all got going on just because of social media and talking to some of your church members, but do you think there's a disconnect? Do you think social media maybe has put a wedge between ourselves and the outside world? I think, like I say, we can use social media, the iPhone, the Android, whatever, and we can say, yes, it's a great tool, and it is. You know, you can get on there if you use it for the right things, but I think it has, in a whole cause, they disconnect uh, and it has caused the church to lack the the hungriness or desire to get in the word for themselves. Mm. Uh, because, you know, when we've, and it's evolved so fast, put it like this. You know, when we were coming up, if you were going to hear somebody preach the word, you, you went to church. Yeah. And you just had one voice, your pastor. Yep. And so you... Basically, if you wanted to check him, you go home and study for yourself. But now, you know, you've literally got thousands of voices, thousands of podcasts, thousands of YouTubers of, yep. of giving their theologies and their... Right or uh, wrong. Right or wrong. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, out there, so everybody goes, not to say that everybody goes somewhere else to listen to something yeah. instead of getting into the Word and study it for Man. themselves. So that's the big problem and disconnect that I see is... Uh, if if I told you truth but one lie, you know, then I'm that's deception. Yeah. And so in Matthew twenty four, when when the disciples asked, "What what signs?" and that's the first thing said, "Be not deceived." So I think that's really an age we are in the church, also in the church, not the world, but in the church is deception because now we don't we take everybody else's opinion for things instead of looking at it for Man. ourselves in the words. And so in that, it has caused a divide. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, I feel like yeah, you definitely just spoke to myself. I'm a, I, I listen to multiple preachers. I listen to different podcasts on, um, the, I ain't going to say theology, but, you know, good nature podcast things. Talking about uh, being a spirit-filled believer, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it goes back to what you just said. Charles Spurgeon said, visit many good books, but live in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I feel like there is a major disconnect, right? Um, see it every day. Hear a lot about it every day. Oh, well, I seen so-and-so with his uh, live video, and he said this. And uh, my previous pastor, before Pastor RJ, Pastor uh, Chris Farley had always said, check me on this, right? right. Go, 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 Tell me if I'm wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Go, go find it. And that was one. And I was a teenager, almost in my 20s, where I heard a preacher tell me, hey, go look that up and tell me if I'm wrong, right? Search for it, right? Go, go dig. And um, maybe that's something that was missed growing up. I never heard it growing up. Yeah. But I do think it's something that now, especially because there's so many avenues of receiving, 
Um, but you gotta be careful what you receive. Right? Be careful. It's like it's like I heard somebody say one time. You might have heard it before about the brownie. You know, they made a big thing of brownies, and they look so good. And asks everybody if they want to eat it, and they's like, yeah. And he said, well, let me tell you before you eat it, I dropped just like one drop of, of dog pooping. Yes. Uh, so you know, we uh, Karen Wheaton know. story, right? Pastor Damon Thompson shared. They use that um, up at the ramp, and she made the brownies and. She actually made some stuff. Look, and man, that that's so true. That like, is so I, true. I, I mean, just one little spoonful of dog poop, and that. Uh, my wife just made homemade cookies. I was gonna bring you some, but I figured you were fasting, so I did not want to jeopardize that. Right, right. So, um, so yeah, man, and I appreciate that. Definitely, the state of the church. Wake up, right? Um, wake up and get in the word for yourself. I, I remind my people, or I, the the congregation here, the same thing. Listen, don't take my word for it. You know, I am human. I am flesh. I could, I could make. You're not the Messiah, right? I'm not him. Yes. So yes, study. You know, you have to like the virgins. You have to fill your own lamp. Yes. You, know, you can't get it from somebody else. Hey, um, I know for myself, I've reached out to you in text message and a few other people. I'm like, hey, man, and asked you some questions. And for me, when I'm digging and getting, I like to get feedback. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how I know. Okay, I'm getting somewhere because now my mind's starting to go different places. It's not just taking words off a piece of paper and saying, "Oh yeah, I read this book today and I read this chapter." But when it starts to get into me, where I'm like chewing on it, right, chewing mm-hmm. on that cud, getting to the point where I'm meditating in it, the actual meditation. That man, good stuff. Get in your word. Wake up. Man, good stuff on the state of the church. Again, the church needs to wake up. Um, next topic, next question I have for you, my man. Uh, Bible translations. Uh, for myself, I'm an Amplified guy. I like to, to read Amplified. I like uh, NKJV. Uh, I like to dabble in the Passion Translation. And I even like to go to good old KJV. Uh, what's your thought on translations? Well, you know, as a pastor, every pastor probably has had this question asked for him. You know, what what do you preach out of? And I'm like, the Bible. The first thing that goes to my mind is like, <laughs> that's such a religious question. Oh, you know come on, uh, somebody. And I was like, what, you know, does it really matter? And so to me, what translation you read out of or you studying, if you're studying and reading out of the right heart and right posture then god's going to direct you anyway come on because you're seeking him in whatever way that is Uh, to say the king james version is god's holy grail and if you don't read it (laughs) and if you're not studying going to hell yeah and i just i there's so many things bibles out there even now i can't remember which one it is that as far as greek and hebrew it's closer to the original than kjv the key word i think is Translation. Yeah. Translation. So it went from an original and was adapted. And uh, religious folks, those uh, hypocrites, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Anyways, those religious folks forget translation was like, you know, if I speak something to you uh, and you take it back to your congregation, you, you might miss a word. And then when it goes from you to your congregation, the congregation goes and expels it back to their family, they're going to miss a word. So by the time it gets back around to me, it's not changed. Like that's, that's, right. that's just, unfortunately, that's how it is in life. Um, so yeah, that's just a question I wanted to ask, man. I'm glad to know that I'm not going to hell because I don't, I don't read just KJV. 
Oh, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. The ye, they, those is great. I love it. I, like I said, I study. When I sit down and study, I will. Like my, I use eSword a lot on my computer. Okay. And so if you go to my right now parallel, I, you know, I've got the King James and New King James, then i got the ASV, ESV, URV. I'll put it where they parallel each other. So I'm going to look at all of them, but my most of my digging is actually going to go back to the Hebrew and Greek. If I really want to know what a word means, yes. then you got to go back to the original language, you know. And that it's no matter what you read. If you if you read the ESV, it's like, I wonder what this word actually really, really means. Then, what they really meant. Right. You're going to go back there. So if you're studying, like, say, of the right posture, out of the right heart to know, then then that's what God's looking at. He's not looking at the title of the Bible that you're reading. He's looking at how you're taking in. If he's the word, how you're taking him in in that situation. So. Praise God. I know for me, First uh, Peter 2 and 9, uh, one of my favorite scriptures, and that's one of the very few that I'm going KJV for one word, peculiar. Like, I love the word peculiar. Right. And everything else is a special people, um, a, a special people for God's own possession, or a, a devoted one. Like, yes, that's great. But when I say the word peculiar, you know this dude's odd as all get out. Right. This duck walks differently. Um, love it, man. I'm glad to know that I'm not going to hell for not reading just KJV. Thanks for clarifying that with me. <laughs> um, next up, uh, let's go with the deep. Let's get off, you know, not necessarily church questions, but... Uh, What's your favorite part of being a dad, being a parent, man? Uh, <laughs> now, you know, so mine is, uh, oldest will be 23 in February. The Jordan year. Hey, the Jordan year. Hey. He's, he's still the goat. Hey, that's right. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, and then Caleb's 20. So I reckon the favorite part of it being a dad now is to see the growth in their lives. Like I say, Skylar is called to missions. Uh, Praise God. So she will be hitting the mission field really soon here. Uh, Lord is lining some things up for that. And just, to, you know, and I told, as far as son, you know, dad to son talk, I told Caleb, I was like, listen, you know, the greatest testimony and the greatest calling you can have, you know, is to be a godly husband, yep. you know, to, to your wife, to your kids. I said, so if you never teach a Sunday school class or you've never take a platform, the greatest calling you could ever have on your life and ever do and to make me the proudest is just to be a godly daddy, hey, a godly man of I the house that, because God. If, the, if the dad gets right and that's hey, what we see is a household, lot of, man, come on, preach it. You know, the, <laughs> the church could avoid a lot of the problems that we hey. talked about if, if the spiritual head of the house was the spiritual head of the house. You know, I, that's a man that could that's that's preached right there, right? You could, you can, I'm sure you've preached sermons on that before. I know for myself, I've got notes, right? I've got some stuff I share with our men's group before about the the spiritual head of the household, right? And things falling in line and that dominion and, and just things taking place. Uh, the man's at the head and then, man, that's so good. So good. Uh, great advice for him, right? And then I'm glad to hear it from a father to a father because I know from myself, mine are not as old as yours. Uh, I do have my brother uh, and he's graduating this year. So for me, just to see his growth this past year, um, like, it's good to see you sow time and you put effort into things and you start to see it flourish. You start to see growth in a human being. It's different when you plant a seed and see a flower come up. That's great. Right. But when you see it in a human life, you're like, whoa, like, teaching them how to do this and, you know, 
got him driving and still working on the driving aspect. But, you know, just seeing him come into his own and mature and ownership and develop, it's just great. And then have my little girls and see where they're at. Um, yeah, dude, I, I'm excited for the ride. That's that's good advice. Uh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, right. it's, I mean, it's, and I can't, like I say, my kids was, I'm blessed. I never had any problems out of it, you know. <laughs> And I believe a lot of that has, you know, come with the raising and, and staying in church and trying to stay and dedicated, you know. But a lot of people can't say that because I know a lot of people that has raised their kids in the church and, you know, uh, they've been the prodigal right now. Oh. So, but, you know, there's still hope. But as, uh, I want to hit on a little bit, like, still the father figure as a parent, but as recently, you know, we've become foster parents. Yeah. And so, and my heart has really just, you know, I love my kids without a doubt, a hundred percent. But then when you take in something that is not yours and just say like, just say an orphan, I, I use that because God has really showed me in doing this. The heart, you know, because we're all orphans, you know, yes. he, he adopted us and he took the price in and the, and I was afraid I couldn't love them like they needed to be loved. Yeah. But it's like a different love, but a greater love. Even better. I can't explain it. No, you know I'm saying? it's uh, uh, it, it's very unique. Um, I I took my brother in, right? No question that was not going to be. But me and my brother had that relationship, right? So it's different than you. Obviously, you're fostered. You didn't know this child. Uh, but that love's there as if it was your own. Um and I understand the greater. It sounds crazy, but I understand the greater because it, it, for me, I have a, a teenager and I know things that he needs that, to develop and maybe don't have. So it's like, how do I get that to him in a teenage state? Like, regardless, like my brother, like your kids, great kid. Like, I have no issues. I have no problems out of him. I mean, he's number 11 out of like 430 at a school lost both of his parents, lost his grandma, lost his great aunt, moved in with his brother, now has a three-year-old and a, a newborn in the house with him. Right. And home dude kept his grades, never studies, never does any schoolwork, <laughs> like zero effort, just to, you know, whatever. And I'm like, bro, but, no, but that love is there. Uh, totally understand. It's hard to put into words. It's hard to put and it And if you're words. not a, a foster parent, if you've not somebody to bring someone in and love them, take them as your own, well then, hey, there's plenty of people that need you out there. They are. I mean, there's a system out there that that is there to help you, to connect you with people. If that's where your heart is, hey, that's a great mission field. It is. I mean, there's people that need to be loved on. There's people that need parents in their life, godly parents to lead them, guide them, provide for them. Man, great segue. Love yeah, that. It is. And like I say, it, just how Jesus sees us and how I can look at something that's not mine. Mm. See through his eyes, right? Just, you know, <laughs> just... And that, that's what's really got me of this, is, is that's how he sees us. You know, yeah. I've done everything for you. And when you're not in my arms, it hurts me, you mm. know, and it, it breaks my heart. And I, I cry for you, you know. So, yeah, it's really just a whole new meaning of how Jesus looks at his children, even yeah. when we're with him or when we're going to stray, the love that he has now, you know, it I breaks think his back heart. to the one in the 99, and I know I spoke with uh, the youth group about this a few weeks ago, and I talked about how... As much as that sheep who's left, who's wandered off, never really even left, had no intention to leave and just wandered off because that's what sheep do, um, that sheep's worried, paranoid, scared to death, all these things going through his mind. 
So was that shepherd. To the point where the shepherd said, leave you here and I'll come find that. Um, and, and that's that, that love. That's that saying, hey, I'm coming for you regardless. Um, so, yeah, great, great stuff, man. Great mission field again. Foster, um, taking in orphans, taking in children who need help, uh, whether it's your family or just yeah. people you don't know, right? There, there's plenty of them out there. Um, I want to transition that same question. I want to favorite part of being a parent to favorite part of being a pastor. And I felt like this would kind of parallel, but I just want to throw that at you, coming at you right now. Favorite part of being a pastor. Favorite part of being a pastor is <laughs> it's, it's watching people's life change before your eyes. Yes. You know, and there's there's times in pastoring you're wondering, you know, am I doing everything or anything right? And then you can go and put your finger on one person and, on. and just see how their life has changed. Just the one. Just the one. And it means it, means it all. And you're like, okay, Lord. You this, know, is what, this is what it feels like, yeah, Lord. It's worth it. It's just the one. <laughs> So that that's the greatest part of, of being a pastor is seeing people's life transform, you know, before your eyes, the old becoming a new, you know. And, Praise God. And, and then watching that growth, you know, from we call this we call it sanctification, yeah. you know, of you know, constantly now trying to get closer and lay certain things down and certain things down to get you closer to God. You know, um, that that's the favorite. There's nothing, no feeling like it as far as that goes, watching transformation actually happen in people's lives. I to love me, that's the greatest miracle. That sanctification idea, man, and uh, the, the, the idea, like, you're never more holy than the moment you give it all to Him. It's just your understanding of that holy, right? It's the understanding of that revelation of, you know, laying it all down, taking off the old, putting on the new, and taking that step by step. I know more today than I knew yesterday. Right. And I can expound on that and give that and show that. And for you and your position, you're the shepherd of this church, of your of your sheep. And for you to see that growth and the maturation, uh, and that's a big thing for me, maturity. I talked about it in a previous podcast. Maturity in, in that moment. Um, and for you, you get to witness it. You get to see the growth, right? You get to see, going back to being a parent, you get to see the, the, the crawling to right. the baby steps, to the walking, to the running. And we all know you can't, run first you gotta you gotta take the baby steps you gotta walk crawl you gotta get there and um i can imagine through your eyes what you see because you know like you said it's what the father sees in us Mm -hmm. every day we take that step we push the envelope we're more for him than we ever was before good stuff man good stuff man good talk uh, glad to again here I'm not going to hell because of the King James issue um, and then of course you know hearing your your insight on being a parent and your favorite part of it favorite part of being a preacher um, and seeing that growth and just that love of, of the father um, let's move on uh, another question and uh, in, in sitting and meditating uh, pre-podcast pre-pastor Jared like not Pastor Jared now, but pre-pastor, uh, pre-ministry. If there's any word of advice you could give that man, uh, let's say the young man that feels led to ministry but maybe hasn't put his foot in the water yet, uh, to the young lady who's called to something more but has not said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that call." Right. So pre-pastor Jared, right? Think about that man. What type of advice would you give that person? Uh, I would give him 
one thing is to be willing, not willing, to take the time to be discipled. Ooh, okay. Submit. Uh, <laughs> because, like I said, my, my spiritual growth, but that from being pastor has went, you know, greater, and it could have been that before I became pastor. Yes. Okay, let's put it like that. So, and, and one of the things I tell people now, pre-pastor or pre-Jared, I would say, listen, take take notes. Take your notebook to church, write down notes, and it could be just one thing. If God spoke one thing, one sentence, write it down, you know. Uh, take your notebook into your prayer closet. Yes. My stop, God. Stop and listen. <laughs> you know, he has a lot more to say to us than we have to say to him, really, you know. But we never give them the opportunity because most of the time we enter our prayer closet, and this was me pre-Pastor Jared, it's I, yeah. I, Lord. You know, I, what I, I need. What, yeah, what I need. <laughs> and I never stopped to, you know, even take the time to say, okay, Lord, what are you speaking? So that would be my biggest things is, is constantly keep a notebook or now your phone with notes, whatever way, and yes. everywhere you go. And when you pray, stop to take the time to listen to what the Holy Spirit is speaking. Write it down because... You don't write it down, you will forget it, or I will. Oh, know? I know, yes, sir. And so, to <clears throat> the person or the that's is be willing to to take the step. You know, uh, every call you, we are, we're called to do, not to set, and we know that we're yes. called not to hear, but just to, and we're called to be doers, not hearers only. So to not be afraid to take the chance to teach that Sunday school class, yeah. not be afraid to take the chance to uh, witness to somebody uh, uh, not to be a take the chance if the pastor asks you to do something or somebody you know to be well I, I don't feel called to that well you know the very thing that this could set up to what you your calling could be you know but yes. you never know unless you try it uh, man I, I heard just today I listened to uh, a podcast and man was interviewing and the woman was doing prison ministry and after she kind of expounded on her life what she'd been doing at church where she'd been serving she's out here doing this prison ministry and she goes in on the prison ministry and he he kind of stops and says so what you're telling me is prison ministry brought you out of the prison of what ministry put you in i was like Wow, yeah. like the very thing that she's ended up serving and doing brought her out of where the confines of what, you know, flesh in ministry had told people, oh, well, you're just a singer. You just stay over here, right. stay on the corner, right? And the one thing she was saying was like, look, I do, you know, prison ministry. I, I, I preach, woman preacher. Uh, she teaches, she sings. And they're like, well, you got to choose which area God's going to use you in. She's like, well, I can't be using all of them. Right. And I was like, wow, like people try to put her in the box. And here we are kicking ourselves out of the box, right? Getting right. into that uncomfortable, being comfortable in the uncomfortable. Man, that's great. Um, Pre-Pastor Jerry, yeah. I love that. Uh, One of the other advices which goes along with is I would give would be also Brother Quinley. Yes, sir. As far as I ask him, like I said, one day, Brother Ernest Quinley, some of y'all probably know him, but Retro. I asked him, I said, Brother Quinley, I said, what's the greatest advice you could give me? As starting out as a pastor, okay? <laughs> but this goes to before that. And I'm just ready to, like, 
you know, a book for him just to start. Sink your teeth in that big old T-bone yeah, steak. You better like, throw okay, at you, right? <laughs> and it was, it was this. It was a simple thing. He's like, the greatest advice I could give you. I said, yes, sir. He said, if the door opens, walk through it. <laughs> and, and that was it. And I was like, okay. He said that. He said that's it. And so write it, for, write that down. For for a young pre, or the person that's listening to this, you know, if the door if the door opens, walk through it. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying, don't be scared. You know, to walk through the doors that the God that opens in your life. Man. So yeah. as as simple and uh, I'm not gonna say vague, but that's the word comes. As simple as that is, so true. Our, I guess our biggest, my first thought would be we, we always want to open our own doors and close our own doors, but yet we all know that God opens and closes the doors he wants. Mm-hmm. And we we can't close it and we can't open it. He's the one doing it. Um, You know, patient in the waiting. Patient in the waiting. Yeah. I mean, as as fleshly people, we I'm impatient. We got drive-throughs. I know pa- uh, Brother Phil's going to say pastor. Might as well be. Brother Phil at the river on Wednesday nights has always talked about um, drive-throughs and microwaves. And we're so, we want it right now. Give it to me now. And none of us know how to wait. And um, like you said, sit, be quiet. Let him speak. I, that's something I, I, I struggle with. Like, God, I need an answer. Okay, n- next. All right. Uh, but man, I love that. Yeah. The door is open. Walk through it. Well, and that that was actually pre-Pastor Jared. So that was before I became a pastor. <laughs> it fit right in, yeah. man. I was going to ask you what the best piece of advice you'd ever receive. And that, there you go. If the door is open, walk through it. Pastor Ernest Quinley, shout out, retro, love it. Uh, that's good stuff, man. Great. Man, great advice. Um, listeners, pull your pencil, your paper out. Write it down. Um, take note. If the door is open, walk through it. Uh, Jared, I want to get more personal stuff, right? I want to... The human being, right? We put pastors on pedestals and make you a majestic figure. You're, you're like a unicorn. Mm-hmm. Um, my child loves unicorns, so uh, yeah, unicorn. Um, but you're also a human being, and... That's something that uh, I want to, to, to shine a light on, right? Um, do you watch TV? Do you have a TV? Let's, let's start there. Do you have a TV? I do have a TV. Okay, so you're not complete holiness. <laughs> oh, <laughs> do you watch the TV? I do watch the TV. <laughs> what do you watch, man? So I reckon right now, I mean, like, so we could go back, you know. Uh, but right, I mean, honestly, right now, I would say what goes on uh, is uh, Dr. K, the vet show. <laughs> it was probably wasn't what you was expecting uh, and uh y'all do the dogs right so that makes sense so yeah uh we we do 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 i love it yes the doodle dogs and the we doodle. do have a litter if you want to purchase some I'll yes <laughs> throw it in there man throw the ad in there they got some doodle dogs for sale pastor jared's got the hookup so yeah, Doc, Dr. K Vet Show, and, and you know, and like we was just discussing before we come back on, uh, the the greatest thing that people think they get so spiritual, and everybody's that don't mean you're going to go to heaven, and the other person is not. It just means you're on two different planes right there. Uh, so what you watch, I'm not going to sit here and tell somebody, hey, well you watch this, you're going to hell. You know what I'm saying? 
No, but, man. Uh, it's that conviction. It's, like it's, it's the... I can listen to a song and not feel convicted that you might not, right? Exactly. You've got things in your past. you got things in your life that that triggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, same for me, right? Um, I, there's some music I don't see how you can listen to and not have that little guy on the left and the guy on the right be conflicted. Mm-hmm. Um, discernment, Holy Spirit, um, intuit, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, there's some things on TV... I'm not going to name drop, but I hear some people talking about what they watch on Sunday nights. There's a very famous rant show. Um, the language in it, after about five minutes, turns me done. Like, I can't do this. Like, if I'm running away from music because of the language and the vulgarity, well, then I can't have it on my TV show. Like, don't be double-minded, because that makes you a fool. Um, so, But yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear you watch TV. Watch um, TV. So, uh, favorite movie of all time, man. Oh man, favorite not movie? the Passion of the Christ. No, favorite okay. movie of all time of all time is Over the Top, uh, Sylvester Stallone arm <laughs> wrestling movie. Uh, I love it. So I, I'd watch that so many times. You know, yeah, that's you know that's probably on my number Th- that's one. That's great. <laughs> Would not have expected it, but that that's uh, that takes the cake. Um. Let's see here. Some more of kind of like a mojo moment. Uh, started this with Hunter. Let's throw some some randoms to you. So, obviously, Jordan's the goat over LeBron. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, Michael Jordan, um, you probably watch, you watch this heyday, right? So, mm-hmm. um, Kobe was my – like, I, I watched Michael last two years. I was young, saw greatness, understood who he was in name – but I could not um, admire. Kobe was that next generation for me. Uh, I grew up despising Kobe Bryant until like his last six, seven years, and that's when I was like, "Wow, this is greatness!" Like you don't, you don't see this. Like by then, I was a historian. I was looking at all these great numbers, and even wow. going back to my love of professional wrestling, I was more of a historian. I like to go back and see, you know, Luthez and the superstar Billy Graham and all these great. And then seeing what come with the Hulk Hogan's and the Mott. And you see, oh, wow, you don't get that but one in a million. Every few years, this one guy transcends. Kobe was following Jordan. I I don't hate LeBron. I don't dislike him. I'm just not a LeBron fan. Right. Um, Jordan's a GOAT. Period. Like, Giannis has a few more years. He might pass that. Anyways, uh, football. The GOAT in football for me? Yes. This is one that I have changed on. Okay. Oh, let's go. Joe Montana used to be my guy. Undefeated in the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? So he was always, to me, you know, the GOAT. Uh, Coming up, I had the San Francisco 49ers jersey, helmet, you know, as five, six years old. Uh, get out in the backyard and play football. Me and my brother, he was the Cowboys. I was the 49ers, and it's all because of Joe Montana, Jerry Rice. That's, Love that, it. That's the, two, that's the goat of hookups still yes. today to me. no doubt. But in my, as much as people hate Tom Brady, yes. I, I, I mean. It's 1A, 1B to me. I, I agree. I see it. Uh, I know Hunter, a few episodes, talked about it, right? We uh, To me, it's the record. I go back to the, the MJ thought, right? When you get to the big dance, he don't lose. Joe Montana got to the big dance, and it was flawless. But what Tom Brady did at his age Absolutely. with a completely – and, yes, uh, he got out of the system with Bill Belichick. He went completely – you know, he went from the snow at Gillette to 
Raymond James and 110 degrees, and he said, watch me be great. Uh, great stuff, man. Uh, definitely great argument. Like you can't, I mean, Joe Montana and Tom Brady took the um, up-and-coming um, sports star. Who do, who do you like to watch? Like I, You might not be, you know, catch everything, but who's like, I, I follow players. I like to be like, wow, that's great. Like Patrick Mahomes, to me, Dude running around doing a dance and sidearming footballs 30 yards and just what he's been able to do. Uh, go back to what I said about Giannis, uh, a freak, just just unique, right? Somebody that catches your eye in sports, you know, basketball, football, baseball. Who's a sports person that, that catches your eye and go, yep, five or ten more years, that's going to be a, a, a name that everybody knows? That's a hard one, honestly. Uh, like I said, Patrick Mahomes does catch your eye. Uh, it's the hair. It's the hair commercials. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I really don't. I really don't have one as okay. far as that goes uh, right now. Uh, I mean, there's some people I would like to see better that I think had, but that kind of got overlooked. Like Alex Smith, I think everywhere yeah. he went and stepped up in them the roles before Mahomes, yeah. he done great. Uh, Nasty leg break, same as the like the whole. Parallels of him and Thiesman's leg break, where it was located, the team, everything, crazy. I agree. Alex Smith was very underrated. Didn't get, he didn't get his flowers, and that's one thing right. I want to do here. Talk as sheep is give people flowers that deserve them before they pass. Everybody wants to talk about how great you are after you pass, and no one, you don't get to hear about it. So yeah, Alex Smith, if you ever catch this, <laughs> you're good, man. Uh, that's good, dude. Um, you a baseball fan? Uh, I like high school baseball. Uh, that's about it. I did buy South tickets last year, season tickets. <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I like, but I'm I don't keep up with players. I don't keep up with. I'm not a baseball like fan that, at so. all. Like nothing. Like I see it on ESPN when I watch ESPN because you know Sports Center is just not the same. Growing up, to me, Sports Center when I was in high school was great. I watched it every day. Now when I turn it on, it's more you know political talk and LeBron James just did this. Oh my goodness, look at him. Uh, okay, enough. Something that you might find <laughs> funny in people is like I've probably might watch more cricket in the past year than I have any other. Wow. Sport. One one night I was sitting there, you know, out of the blue, it's on TV, and I start watching it, and it started intriguing me. It's like, well, what are the rules? Yeah. Of this game? You know, Google. Cause Cause I so, know nothing about cricket. Yeah, so I would watch it and be trying to figure out the rules, and the more I watched it, you know, the more I, I just it's come became interesting to me. So that's something people probably don't. That's know. awesome. That's uh, an interesting fact. So cricket, uh, right? Now. Cricket. <laughs> Why? Yeah, that no one guessed that, right? Yeah. That that's not coming up on any poll. No one's getting that one. Um, what's your favorite music? Like you're driving down the road from here to Timbuktu, right? And you got control of the radio, Miss Lori, Pastor Lori, unless you have control of the radio. Um, typically with my wife, who's ever driving, gets control of the radio. Um, so don't know how y'all are with your marriage, but that's how we roll in the Nobles household. So what's going on? What's on the radio? Uh, my playlist is going to consist of, uh, it will consist of some Maverick City. You yeah. know, it will consist of some Eddie James. Yes. Uh, it will consist of, I, I, I like going back to, um, uh, my mind's going blank. I go a little bit old school, uh, 
sometimes. The Gaither vocal band. I can go back to the Gaithers and some, some Jason Crowd. Yes, sir. The Crowd family back. You know, yes. you, you can't beat uh, some of their songs that they had coming up and going he gonna know, take you through that fire take you through the fire that's right that that's a good one always will be a good one um but yeah it, it consists of a like if i pushed on and went to my youtube and stuff like that library right now it would it would be a, a little mixture a little mixture of all and you know uh, i was raised my dad was in a southern gospel come on you know uh, uh quartet a quartet uh, and uh, did they so have a banjo? They didn't have a banjo. Oh, and so, I, you know, I can still put a good Southern gospel song on. Oh yeah, you know, and have me a good old time. Uh, always. Now, my wife, Southern gospel comes on, she's like, no, you know, and maybe everybody don't need to know that. But you know, she's like, no, that just ain't my thing. She said, but I will worship to it. You know, yeah, because a song, you know, that's not worship. It's your heart's where worship is. That man. So yeah, that was that's the nugget right there, right? In this segment, you just drop the nugget right there. There's where your heart is. There's where the worship is. Um, I grew up Southern gospel fan, uh, Crab Family, um, the Meharrys, Terry Joe Terrell, the Isaacs. Um, so yeah, I, I can I can relate, man. Uh, some people look at you like you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself. Uh, to me, it's that intimate feeling that Southern Gospel kind of touches that. And we still have modern music that goes there, right? You can get to that that moment. But to me, um, I know for myself, back this past June, July, my, I went to a, a work trip. Me and my buddy, Justin Allen, he's a preacher. We're driving to Birmingham and turned on Terry Joe Terrell. And here's this old Southern Gospel, knowing good man of God. And uh, we're listening. We're just having church going down the road, like... Speaking in tongues, praying, like, I'm trying to drive. And I'm like, Lord, <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Didn't turn on carry, but, you know, take the wheel. Because that was, I mean, I mean, that's it. That was what I grew up on. Uh, Maverick City, you can't go wrong with it. Good stuff, man. Uh, I think I've got 60 hours of music on my worship playlist, so it's hard to even, you know, tell what is not on my playlist. That's the easier way to do it. But, uh, but no, nah, good stuff, man, good stuff. And we're back. Uh man, we've we've kind of been roller coaster. We got some serious questions. We got a little uh, in the weeds. We wandered. We did our sheep yeah. moment. Uh, let's bring it back full circle and wrap this thing up. Put a bow on it. Um, as a minister, as a pastor, as a as a bishop, whatever your title is in your denomination, right? That stuff's always kind of confused me. Um, what do you do when the answer to your prayer is no? Like, you pray, you seek, you petition. Someone's sick, or there's something you need, or there's a movement that, you know, Lord, you're going to... And God says, no. Yeah, that's, that's a it's a tough question because, first of all, we don't like hearing no. Woo! And we really don't like hearing no from Daddy. Oh. Yeah, you know, so... Well, that question, that answer to whatever you're praying for comes down the pipe of, of no. Uh, where I see it is a no there is a yes somewhere else. My God. So you just have to find the yes. Yeah. You know you know what the no is now, even though it may not have been the answer you wanted to hear or the direction that stopped you from going in this. But that no means there's a yes somewhere else. 
and we get so hung up on we we've been told no that we throw ourselves a pity party that we waller in the mully grubs and you know we get that tantrum out of the way tantrum out of yes, the way kick and, scream and so that's my belief i know some i know by god means there's a yes somewhere else we just got to figure out where the yes is man that there's you a nugget number two uh podcast episode number six pastor jared dropping uh truth bombs dropping some wisdom some insight i know now's a yes somewhere else right yeah. You gotta go find that yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means you might have to do some work. You might not can go lay back down and you know salt right. Uh, uh, and even harder right. You got someone ill. You got someone sick, and you pray and you pray and you pray, and they don't get well. Uh, they pass away. Something happens. Tragedy right. Um, that yes might not look like what you expect it to be. Right. You you might and I know for me. Um, I read a book by a Catholic priest, uh, I believe it was a Catholic priest, Henry Nowen, and a um, buddy of mine, Christian Santiago, led me to this book, shared about it. I got in, I'm reading uh, Henry Nowen, and he talked about how, who he was, was so, like, he was up there. He's he's sharing these great sermons and these uh doctorate just he's in harvard and he's doing all this great stuff uh theologically to the to the masses and somehow or another uh i'm butchering this book but he ends up serving uh serving people that are not mentally handicapped but elderly got problems like and that's where he starts realizing oh this is my calling like, as great as I was, as great as what I was doing, no, this is love, this is mercy, this is grace, this is being the hands and feet of Jesus. What I was doing there when I was get, reaching this great group of people was wonderful. Mm-hmm. But that's not what my calling was. And, uh, yeah, so that, that no somewhere such as that could be a yes. It might not look the same. Right. Right? It, it's not, you know, you're not going to live in the, the penthouse with the Rolls Royce just because you're the pastor. Or because you're the believer, or because you know you prayed about it, um, they might not make it. But there's a yes. There's a reason. There's a yes. Uh, unfortunately, we might not know, and it's hard to see. Um, or we might we might not ever see it. <laughs> and some some it of might the things, be somebody else, right? It might be our next generation. It's that yeah. Moses effect where you know you pray and seek and pray and seek, and that one no might be that next generation's yes. That's right. And I would hate to know that I messed up on a no and cried about it and whined about it and didn't put my effort into the yes if it was for my next generation. If it's for my kids. Let's just let's, let's go ahead and go back full yeah, circle. Yeah. If my no is my kids yes and I quit tilling the ground on it, well guess what? They gotta come back in and do what daddy didn't do. That's right. And I don't ever want that to happen. And I know, you know, <laughs> Bring that full circle to the parent question, to the pastor question. You don't ever want that to happen for your your congregation, for your kids. Neither do I for my kids. So, man. Oh, you hear these stories of like, I, there's one coming to my mind of, a, I can't remember, it's a missionary team, husband and wife, and they went somewhere and both of them got basically, uh, the husband lost his life. They killed him while he was over there. The wife found out she was pregnant before. Uh, long story short, well, Somehow or another, through the years, you know, they're they come full circle, and the 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 baby, like of the baby, went back to the island. Like the school set up over there, and everything else like that. So 
you know, we, we don't, that's the reason the Bible says his ways are higher than our ways, Man. you know, uh, and his thoughts is higher than our thoughts. Some uh, things we're not meant to we're understand. We're not meant to understand. I go to Lazarus, even though the story is in, yeah, he, he gets up, but this is the one thing that Jesus says, you know, I know he's dead. I'm going to raise him up for my glory. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the only reason he brings Lazarus back to period. To, period. He says, so I can get the glory. He could have called everybody to come up, right? That's right. why he's, he, he specifically calls Lazarus. He could have done what he wanted. His glory was there. And I mean, that's a fine representation of, hey, look, just in this moment, um, going back to that mission, right, the missionary story, uh, That that's very... People don't want to hear it. People don't want to hear it. But everything, for what I was getting, everything works out to his glory. Come on. Everything. And I, I pose this question to people, you know, and I've said it before. I, you're, you're praying that you get well, and you don't, like I say, you don't get well. I, the, could the reason be, now this is, you know, this is just the hypotheticals of thing. Could the reason you didn't get well is because you weren't going to give God the glory for it the rest Woo! of your life? You know, yeah, you only now, and if he healed you, you for a week or two, you'd be like, okay, God, but then it's put him back on the put shelf. Put him back on the shelf. He's he done it. To Don't get want to glory. use you anymore because, you know, I got what I needed out of you. We, we want to treat him like a parachute and only want to pull him when we're about to hit the ground, you know, to save us. I'm, go, I'm going uh, I'm going with my, my childish thinking, what we're talking about, right? Uh, Toy Story 2. Wheezy gets put on the shelf because Andy don't want to play. He's got a broken squeaker. Right. God don't have a broken squeaky. He don't have a broken squeaker, but we get the use out of God. We put him on the shelf and say, hey, I'll put you up here. Only when I need you will I pull you down, right? Mm-hmm. Only when I have an issue. And, you know, my mind goes to, to, to kitty movies, Disney. My, my four-year-old, we're, we're on a Disney binge, and, you know, I'm sure someone's telling me I'm going to hell for watching Disney. Um, <laughs> but, man, that... That's good stuff. Uh, another question I would like to ask, um, going back to the church, going back to um, kind of where my mind's been at here here recently and some, some prayer and some studying is spirituality and morality in the church. Um, to me, I believe from what I see, again, my belief, there's a disconnect um, in church as a whole. Um, what, what do you see from a minister's standpoint? Morality and spirituality. Like, I guess my basis is people feel like they show up on Sunday, show up, stop there, right? They're not participating. They don't have a relationship. They might give you three hand clap, three golf hand claps, maybe a hand raise when, when you know, they're led. Um, they give their $5 out of their pocket. They don't tithe. They give their $5 out of their pocket. And then Pastor Jared goes 30 minutes longer than normal. They leave because Golden Corral's line's way backed up too far on Sunday. But they come back next Sunday, right? They come morally. They hit the moral check code. They come to church. But that's it. They come to church versus the spirituality side of getting into the church, being the church, having the relationship. Um, Almost going back to what my buddy Brandon said with, you know, finding the right church and then fitting in and doing your part there, right? Not just receiving, but giving back and putting into it. Uh, just want to get your take, your opinion on that. Just whatever you feel, bro. Oh, well, I'll put a plug out to where we are right now. A lot of times we we are late getting out, <laughs> <laughs> and so and people hang in here. And so thank y'all to uh, shout out Light Road Church yes, listeners here. Uh, here on the pod. So, but 
you know, this is my thing. The, the people who come, like you were saying, and do that, I would say this. They're coming to church, like you said, for themselves. Mm. Uh, and I, I posed this question one Sunday. I was like, you know, if you were really here for not for yourself, then you would have parked in the backfield back there and left that parking place next to the door for somebody else. Yeah. But it's selfish. I wanted the best parking place. You know, I want the best, my song. You know, I want this my way. So basically you're saying I'm, you're coming to church all for yourself. Yeah. So, uh, so, and a lot of people do that. And to check that box, you know, the yes, I went to church. I went to church. And, and could it be a lack on the church's part of uh, discipling Woo. and telling people what it really means to be a Christian? Because Discipleship. Christian Ooh. is a loose word, <clears throat> and and I'll I'll be the first up. And we have done a horrible job of of discipling and telling people this is this was my thought, and this is most people's thoughts of what, if they have no uh, knowledge of what it's to be a Christian. Yeah, uh, and take it off just your shoulders. This big C church problem. This ain't just uh, just what you got going on here, man. To like I said, we shared a little bit off off the uh, line here about. Uh, some other people I know and the belief that we're getting people in. We're we're getting them to the change in the garment. But we're not telling them where they go next, right? We're we're getting them in and um the sin in their life and the repentance, great. Turn away from it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I share you can't be in New York and Alabama, I use a little illustration with the teens, um and you gotta leave it. As much as you want to stay in whatever mess you're in, sin, you can't be in both places at once. But what do you do once you get to the cross? Right. What do you do when you turn away from that? Because if you've never been born and raised in church, and all you're doing is seeing, well, they got their life, their lives are made. Look how great their life is. Because everybody looks good on the outside, and with social media, you know, you can spit shine a turd and make it look good. Yeah. Um. But if I don't know. Okay, yeah, hell's coming against you. One of the greatest things Terry ever asked me was, man, does it get easier? <laughs> and that's, I, I about wrecked my car, and it's like, well, that's, actually. <laughs> that's the misconception of of a new, especially a new believer. I, I've just come, like I said, I've repented. I've given my heart back to the Lord. And the perception we have put out there as a false perception of, oh, of my life is going to be Skittles and rainbows and everything's going to yes. be good now. And that's not the case. You signed up for way more. If, if you don't, at that point in your walk, start being disciple, start getting in the word, then it's for that seed to hit the good ground, you know, and have the root system it yes. needs to take place. Got to be grow, rooted. Uh, then at that very point, then, yeah, you just had a major born-again birth. And just like a baby when he's born. Come on. They, you know, they can live, you know, a couple of days even if they don't start feeding right away because of what they they just built that way. But at some point, it has to latch hold, yes, and it has to start feeding. Got to. So our our perception was, oh, you've been born again, everything's good now. And when it, when honestly, it's just started. You know what I'm saying? And it's got to start. That latch on idea you just said, bro. Uh, I thought, you know, to have the right mother, the church to feed, to nurture, to guide. If not, the world's waiting, 
right? The world's going to give them, you know, you're going to have your, your few Sundays, let's say a few Sundays. But if, if they don't latch on and you don't actively be there, right? Not you physically, but your leaders in your church, uh, congregation members, like, oh, this guy's a new new member. He just gave his life to Christ. This is the call to the church. You've got work to do. Uh, you know, it's great. You can sit, be a pew potato, sit there all you want, and, you know, you can be that more moral check person who, but for those that, you know, want to serve and be, you know, help the kingdom, advance the kingdom, well, this is your opportunity, right? Exactly. Hey, Jared, you just gave your life to Christ. My name's Brett. Um, here's my number. I, I'm going to send you some scripture that helped me out when I first started this walk. Uh, if you got any questions, you got any problems, hit me up, right? right. Just that mm-hmm. in itself. Opportunity, availability. And that goes back to, you said it earlier about, you know, the the one, the shepherd going after the one and leaving the 99. Well, why could he leave the 99? Because mm, they were saying care. They were good. They were together. They yes. were, in, you know, and that's that's the thing, you know, is is why, why the body of Christ, that's the way it's supposed to operate. You know, it's okay for the shepherd to go after the one because their togetherness and in their togetherness they're okay together right. you know what I'm saying so um, Lord willing nothing ever happens to you Pastor RJ but you have somebody that's going to step in and fill in that, that like hey you got family emergency John Villa's coming up to preach worship's handled somebody else has a key to open the door mm-hmm. right Pastor RJ has a, a family emergency Brother Phil gets up to preach right worship's there there's people in place that's been equipped through discipleship, through mentorship, through stewardship, whatever that is, whatever that looks like, that are ready to fill that gap. Um, and maybe that's what our issue is, right? Not just the discipleship, but having people in place to fill the gaps when when the the shepherd's gone because you've got, you know, calls to go do things, right? Um, for you to go get fed into, for you to go be refreshed because you, again, are a human. human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good stuff, bro. That's you know, and and I know, and you know, we we are in the Church of God denomination, even though that don't mean anything. So let's throw that out there. Come Absolutely on. means nothing. Yes. But through my coming up, uh, it's just like this: was I was I discipled like I should be? No, but I I can take responsibility for some of that. But other part, I there was no discipleship for me to be discipled. <clears throat> the other thing is the big discipleship or the big teaching was just the gift of tongues. Yeah. I mean, it's like no other gift was ever taught on, nope. no other gift was ever spoke I, about. I didn't no know the word discernment until I was a teenager, and I, all I'd heard was, oh, they're, they're praying in tongues. And it's like, oh, well, that's the Holy Spirit. That's all I thought the Holy I thought the Holy Spirit was when someone prayed in tongues. That was it, period, done. And I, I go, I'll, I'll piggyback on what you just said. Some of it's my fault. Uh, again, born and raised in church, but uh, my mom was go to church, go to church, go to church, go to church, go to church. Man, I didn't get into my Bible until I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. My my great grandma uh, bought me a pristine, beautiful King James version Bible, and I was eight. I didn't start reading it probably till I was fourteen, fifteen. By then, I'm like, I gotta have me a different translation because ye thee they though I don't understand. But what if I would have been spoon-fed the word at that age instead of just go to church. Yeah. Which is great, right? I got to learn moral code, mm-hmm. moral value, um, repetition of going. 
not saying I missed out. And again, you know, that's some of that's on me, but some of it's in the way that we develop. It is. And um, we're all different. We all learn different ways. Um, some people's preaching and teaching might not be for everybody. goes back to what uh, my buddy Brandon in the previous episode said, hey, look, go find the church for you. And uh, I know your heart. I know my pastor's heart. If that church is not for you, we'll help you find the right church. Right. For you. Like, yeah. hey, there, there's plenty of good churches. We all are part of this kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. The the big C, the big church. Um, so really quickly, I just want to drop some Kevin Wallace uh, knowledge, just a quote that <clears throat> made me think, and it was this, what a tragedy it would be if we spent our whole lives sitting in church, but sitting outside the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And for that moral check code people, right? Um, if that's you, hey, this is my cry to you, right? relationship with him matters yeah you showing up to sunday is not getting you into heaven um so want want to be discipled okay the want to be want to be like the shepherd he's leading the flock to the greenest pastures he's leading them to where they can get their water but he you've heard the whole saying you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink he can lead you everywhere so cold so a lot of times it's not leadership it's followership come on I mean, we can go... goes back to the Judas thing, right? Goes All back, these great... Well, we can go back to uh, to God. We say God himself would probably be the greatest leader ever. <laughs> and then you have a third of the angels that... Still fall. Fall. So yeah. sometimes it's followership. It's Ooh. not leadership. So be willing to be disciple. If he's, if he's... The opportunity is there for you to be disciple. Yes. Take that opportunity to do a bit. A Sunday school, okay? People don't like Sunday school. Woo. Uh, your Wednesday night, like we've shifted here to where it's more discipleship and teaching. And I've had that people ask me, well, are we going to do a discipleship class? I'm like, you can't even make it to Sunday school. Why do I want to take another night out of my week? You sleep on Sundays while I'm preaching. You leave her. I mean, you know, step on the toes while they're there. I'm, but, I mean, if you want more, there, there's more. There's more. You, there's more. There's pl- I know, you know, there's plenty of it out there. Um, if not, reach out. Find you a leader in your church. Tell them, hey, look. I need more of X, Y, and Z. And if you're in a spirit-filled, believing church and wherever you're at with good leaders, they're going to find you more. They're going to get you more. But the thing is, you got to be willing to exactly. to, to receive it, to go after it. Um, I know for us, we've got prayer at the river that just started. seven. It's 7.07, our time as we record. Prayer just opened up at the church. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I need more time. You know, I need. Well, guess what? There's a sanctuary with worship music playing and people's over there praying if not people there's a person and i know who she is mm-hmm. and you go there by yourself and you want some some mentorship hey for the picking why well, don't i i don't well hey opportunity mm-hmm. right yeah and uh the the word prayer is established that so people run from it uh, that's for another uh, podcast another podcast <laughs> uh you're not blessed because of who you are you're blessed because of whose you are so i mean yeah. put it where it belongs uh man i appreciate the time Appreciate the uh, the wisdom, the the insight of Pastor Jared Stanford, man. I appreciate it again. Uh, podcast this is like episode six, so welcome. You beat RJ on, so make sure you remind that to oh, him. Well, uh, not, <laughs> he's on. He's on to talk about how he's busy. Uh, nah, man. Love you, Pastor RJ. Again, thank you. Um, yeah. Before we close it, though. I met you on a whim just from uh, Bold Venture, right? Uh-huh. So, and I appreciate your friendship and your mentorship um, over the past two and a half years. Uh, 
felt good enough to even ask you to have my parents' funeral here at your church. Um, felt secure enough to come be vulnerable at your church. Vulnerability is something that I, I had to learn at the, after the passing of my parents. And outside of my church, I felt comfortable here. Again, thank you for that. Thank you for, uh, for what you've done here. Uh, Terry, first guest, is a result of what this house is doing, right? Um, how do you know when things are going right when you can judge it by their fruit? Well, there's your fruit, right? You got one right. So uh, don't you know? Hang your hat. You, you ain't gotta hang your hat on him, but I mean, he's yeah. not a bad fella. Um, so yeah, I just want to say thank you uh, for all you've done for being that uh, neighbor across the street to the river, right? Uh, you and Pastor RJ, um, kingdom minded. That's something that is very unique. Uh, listeners out there, um, if if you don't know, that's how it's supposed to be. That's how the kingdom works. We shouldn't be stealing members. Um, still in your brother or uh, whatever you're doing this is a, a kingdom minded you know we're in this together it's all about him right it's not about you it's not about me it's not about RJ it's not about my church or your church it's about his church right. uh, about that bride so uh, again thank you uh, for all that you do man and uh, again thanks for coming on absolutely so uh, until next time uh, future podcast you Leon RJ I want to get y'all three together. <laughs> the three stooges. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I want to get y'all together. So, uh, yeah, man. It's going to be good. Um, that's it. Wrapping it up. Again, I am your host, Brett Nobles. This has been Episode 6, Pastor Jared Stanford. Yeah. And that's a wrap. Peace out, everybody. God bless.